Good night, Koss. Absolutely. The more the merrier, my friend. Everybody, RC Hilly Nation version two point. Oh, you know the rule, right? What's the rule? Every time you interrupt me, your penis gets shorter. Anyways, you were saying something? Yeah, RC Hilly Nation version two point man. That's us. We're here now. This is episode number thirty two. Check it out. Rob isn't with us today, and um, let me just say, dude, hang in there. Uh, obviously, I'm not gonna spout about the details but our thoughts are with you man so hang tough man let let us know let us know what's up and uh our thoughts are with you and uh try to fly your helicopter man fly your helicopter main main (laughs) main so what's been going on man uh a whole lot of nothing oh by the way guys before jake gets too far this is jake you all know jake say hi jake hi jake is that goblin flying yet dude what's up it is ready to go. It is also raining. It took you two weeks to get that goblin back in the air. I'm, I don't understand, dude. It, it really didn't. It took me about a week. Yeah. I, I had you know a little delay in the servo arms arriving, and they finally came, so I could you know. So. But the weather, it's it's raining there. Yes. Been raining for a few days. Yes. Well, dude, it was sunny and seventy degrees here today. Bite me. So kiss my ass. <laughs> No, it's beautiful. It's beautiful here. What else is going on, man? Uh, you know, did, did you get doctor get back to you about that uh, rash yet, or what? Yeah, you know, you're gonna have to go get tested. <laughs> you're gonna have to go. Sorry, they told me to tell everybody that you know, I, you uh-huh, know you, uh-huh. so I got you know, you should go get checked. <laughs> no, I don't. Yep, I, I don't have a rash yet, so I'm good. Not yet. Not it's yet. coming. Don't, yet. don't you worry. So what no, else? I've been, been doing a lot of simming. Have you? Just, yep. I've been working on primarily funnels and like doing the the whole like Mobius funnel thing. That's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. Else you been doing? So hopefully next time I fly, I'll actually be able to do it. You know, with my real helicopter. But we'll Are, see. Have you tried it in real life yet? No. Are you gonna try it in real life soon? Yeah, that's yeah. This week, if the weather will let me. Yeah, <laughs> with the Goblin or with the five hundred? I'll try it with the five hundred first. Uh huh. Uh huh. Chicken uh-huh. shit. Uh-huh. So uh, let me tell you, you know, first of all, let me just say that, you know, I'm not very good at apologies and um, I, I just don't really particularly like them. So I'm just going to go ahead and get this over with. Um, Jake, I think you need to apologize to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, because. what I do? <laughs> because, you know, you mentioned the sim and I've been, uh-huh. I've actually been simming and uh-huh. it's you need to apologize for not convincing me that I actually need to sim more. Hey, you know, I tried. I offered. I was like, hey, I'll sim with you. Well, no. well you're you still... You that crappy sim. Yeah, you're still flying that toy sim. I'm, I'm flying a real sim. So let me let me kind of give you some... Let me tell you what's up with that. So as most of you know, 
Last week we had the first annual RC Hilly Nation migration, right? I was over, hung out at Dieter's place and uh, had a great time. We had a blast. It was uh, it was three days of heli madness, right? That's all we did for three days. Other than enjoy his wife's fantastic cooking. Oh my God, can this woman cook? I just <laughs> thought I'd mention that. I, I threatened. I told Dieter. I said, well, you know, I don't think I'm going home, man. Uh, I'm just gonna have. I'm gonna send for my stuff. I think I'm just gonna stay. <laughs> so. <laughs> But anyway, no, we had a great time. Uh, you know, I'm really kind of envious of Dieter's situation, and let me tell you why. I mean, he's got um, he's got a field, as I as we mentioned uh, last week in the show, that it's just right around the corner, literally. Uh, he's got to drive to it because um, if you just walk to it, it's just right there. But roads and such, you know, you got to drive to it. So it's probably a mile away as you drive, and uh, it's just this big, awesome open field. And um, he has no club bullshit to deal <laughs> with. Uh, so le- that leads to this next little tidbit. Uh, <laughs> dude, I've come to realize, and, and those of you who have listened to the show for a while have known, you've heard me talk about she who must be obeyed at our field. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Okay. This woman runs this club with an iron fist, and she's just the she, well. She's no longer the secretary, but trust me, that doesn't matter. The fact that she's not an officer in that club means nothing, because nothing will change, right? She she, think she, she's the president, or what? Well, no, it doesn't. It, she's. It just doesn't matter. She's going to do the same thing she does now, whether or not she has officership or not. So let me tell you the latest shit. That went down at my club. That just pisses me off. I'm waiting, and I'm really pissed off. I mean, I'm this really pisses me off. I mean, I'm really upset about this. Okay, so we have this old guy in the club, right? His name is Dwayne. Um, he's he's I don't know in his seventies maybe. And um, Dwayne, if you're not in your seventies, no, I doubt you're listening to the show. But if you're not in your seventies, late sixties, somewhere in there. And I, the three years I've been in this club, I've never seen him fly. It's a social thing for him, right? He comes down. And he hangs out. Nothing okay, so nothing wrong with that. Well, I well, I don't want to say her name. She, who must be obeyed, doesn't like Dwayne. For what reason, I don't know. But it's I guess they knew each other back from the old days in California where they all came from. Three years ago, apparently, there, there's some uh, bad blood about some Dwayne offered to do some training for the local schools. Their story is he did he offered to do it but never showed up. His story is, well, I offered to do it, but they called me and told me to stop because I didn't ask them permission to do it. There's a few other silly things. So th- two years ago, a year and a half ago, whatever, the club lawnmower went out. So instead of calling a meeting like they should have done, she just decided that they were going to assess every member 50 bucks. Not a big deal. We need a lawnmower. The lawnmower needs to happen. But the, the point is, right. instead of just saying, look, guys, lawnmower went out. We need to assess everybody 50 bucks. She just walked up to everybody, me included, and said, you owe the club $50 with no explanation. This would rub some people the wrong way. For a me, for me, it was like, uh, okay, I paid my dues. What's up? Well, then she ex- then she explained it. Instead of explaining it first and, they, and then saying, right. so that being the case, so this, this, this pissed off Dwayne. 
I mean, I, it would piss me off. Sure, pretty well sure, too. and it's pissed off a lot of people. So he quit the club, and she was happy about that because she didn't like it. Right. So this past six weeks ago, uh, Dwayne's still friends with us. Um, he gave the vice president, who is also one of our friends, a check and said, "I'd like to be join the club again." He tries to hand the check to her. She says no. So they call this this meeting to vote this guy in, right? <laughs> so. And they do this strange thing where every vote is secret. They don't want anybody to know who voted what. Voted for what, yeah. Well, it turns out, obviously, you know, he didn't. So they took this man who didn't so serve any, uh, he didn't have any type of safety issue, right? He, he, he just, they just didn't like him. They took his only social aspect from this elderly man away from him because they didn't like him. Isn't that just the most fucked up that thing? That is stupid. Yeah, that is really stupid. So, and that's that that, that you know that, that's a long drawn out story, and I know there's probably a lot of details there that you guys really don't care about. But the point the point is, I'm pissed off about it. And the thing is, uh, so bring him bring him with you as a guest every time you go. They won't, like, hey, they won't even, over. dude. They won't even let him on the property here. And, and check this out. Wow. So he had they had this meeting, right? They yep. wouldn't even let him come to the meeting. Shouldn't don't you think if if so they had half the membership who never knew Dwayne because they're new, voting on whether or not he should be a member, right? Well, never, and they didn't yep. even give him 10 minutes to come into the meeting and say, guys, this is why I want to be a member. So they had people who had never met him vote. And the only thing they'd ever heard about him is all the negative shit that they had to say about him. Awesome. So here's the long and short of it. <laughs> I know that was kind of a long rant, but it just... Uh, the long and short of it is I'm actually... Looking for a new place to fly. I am going to start my own club here in the valley. Do it. I'm going to do it. I've I've already contacted the AMA. I'm going to figure out what needs to be done. I'm going to put an ad in the paper on Monday to to try to find a rancher who's got some land. There's plenty of that around here. Lots of open spaces in Montana, as you can imagine. Uh huh. Uh huh. So yeah, I've been dealing with that shit. Dieter is so fortunate that he doesn't have to deal with club politics. You are fortunate because you don't have to deal with club politics. It's just a bunch of bullshit. But I do fly alone, which is kind of depressing. That that does suck, and I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm gonna miss flying there. But as soon as I have the opportunity, well, let me rephrase that. I'm gonna miss hanging out with the one or two people that I hang out there. With. Right. But other but than if that, you start a club, they'll probably come. They so. probably will. They, you know, not exclusively. I'm sure, but I don't care. That's not what it's about. It's about today. I went to the field. They were all there. All those people who profess to know him and like him and and act all weirded out because this happened but yet i know they voted no that's the thing that pisses me off right yep because i know there was only two votes for the guy right to keep him and i know the two that voted yes and you were one of them well unfortunately here's the deal that happened last weekend i was up at the rc hilly nation migration oh okay all right so they did it when you weren't there <laughs> and let me let me add one more little thing to this. I called to see if I could vote by proxy. That's they pretty It's pretty typical to vote by proxy. I mean, I, I can vote for my president of the United States by proxy, right? Absentee ballot. Same thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They wouldn't let me do that. But in the same breath, she says to me, would you be interested in running for office? And I said, wait a minute. You'll let me run for office while I'm not there, but you won't let me vote whether or not Dwayne gets to stay? <laughs> anyway. Dude, it, it it totally has me rubbed the wrong way. I'm not happy. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. So, okay, enough of that. Enough of that. Um, 
that's quit your bitching. Yeah, no shit, right? But it's just <laughs> I'm. That's how pissed off I am about the whole thing. All right. So aside from that, the positive things <laughs> this week, if there is such a thing, ton of flying this week, man. I've been flying like mad. And yes, yeah, um, suck it. So here we are, and we're talking about, you know, we talked about the sim, and everybody knows how I feel about the sim, or apparently how I used to feel about the sim. Oh, we've changed. I'm going to have to eat crow. Dude. Ha ha. I, uh, of course, everybody saw my Gowie crash, right? Well, yeah. those, those yeah. who have watched the video, if not, I'm... If not, there will be a link. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um... <laughs> I've noticed, uh, and um, I've just decided. I've finally made that commitment. I think that I think uh, a pilot, or you know, somebody who, uh, in my position, where, you know, there comes a time when you just got to decide what it is you want out of flying RC helicopters. And I've hit that point where I've decided that I'm done just just pushing the helicopter around in the sky. I want to now tell the helicopter what to do on command, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So I've stopped doing all the fast big air. I've stopped doing all the premature. I mean, I can do the flips. I can do the rolls. I can do the stuff like that. I've just Stop stopped flying it like a plane. I've I've exactly. I've stopped flying it like a plane. Now I'm keeping it in close. Well, r- safely close, and relative, and just s- slow, controlled, solid nose and hovering for full tanks of fuel slow pyros i mean i'm really committed i've decided and on top of that i have finally made the connection between the sim and real life i've seen now that a little bit of sim time focused sim time yes focused can can make a world of difference so i've got to eat crow i've been simming for at least a half an hour every day for the past week you want a spoon or a fork (laughs) And uh, Dieter, that it's all Dieter who did that. By the way, that's why you need to apologize to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whatever. You know, I was at Dieter's. <laughs> we were. I was at Dieter's uh, the first night, and we got on the sim. And he's like, "Dude, no nose in hover. I want to see a nose in hover." So I'd bring it in for a nose in hover for five seconds, and and he's like, "No, no, no. That's not what I mean, man. I want no, you to you hold, stay there. <laughs> I want you to put that in a nose in hover, and I want you to keep it there." For 10 minutes, and I said, dude, I don't even sim for 10 minutes. Dude, I couldn't do it. I couldn't I couldn't keep that helicopter in a nose-in hover for for uh, one of two things. I would just lose focus and get bored. Yeah. And then it became like, wait a minute. Is it that, or am I letting the helicopter decide when it's time to come out of the nose-in hover? And that's that's exactly what was happening. I was letting the helicopter decide it. I stopped doing that, and... Um, I've been simming every every day and at a minimum for 30 minutes. Uh, sometimes I do it twice a day, but nice. Yay nice. me. <laughs> Excellent. And it's all Dieter. It's Dieter's fault. Good for him. Somebody got through to you. Somebody finally got through to me. My God. But you know, it's all about the real flight. I just need you to know that. Yeah. Well, send me a copy. I'll fly with you. <laughs> I, oh dude, I'm looking at our recording timer. I'm like, wow, I really went off there for a while. Didn't I? You kind of did. I kind of did, yeah. I'm just pissed off. Yeah. I'm just pissed. It's pissed. Dude, I don't blame you. I, I wouldn't deal with that crap either. Yeah. That's that's a bunch of bull. Yeah, so I don't know. Kind of kind of strange. Well, I don't know, man. Maybe we should go into a little bit of news. What do you think? News? News. Rob's not here to give us our traditional 
lead in, so it's your you gotta you gotta step up. All right. You know which Oops. one I like. Hey Dan, let's do some news. Hi, this is Bobby Watts from Rob's Super Awesome Helicopter Class Shindig thing. You're listening to RC Helly Nation. All righty, so after that long-ass rant, what do you got for news, man? You got anything? D, D, D. Um, maybe a little. <laughs> oh, my God, you got to turn that thing off. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I do have news. Hold on. Let me, let me shake my piece of paper here. Because, well, I don't have a piece of paper, so. Um, uh, yeah, okay. So, JR, you like JR, you I, fly JR. I do, yes. Um, they're putting out some new radios. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called the XG series. I only have the details for the XG 11 in front of me, but I know they have a couple other ones as well. They are doing a, their own DS, whatever technology it's DMSS technology. What? It's yes. It's not compatible with DSM oh, or DSM two or DSM X. JR is kind of doing their own thing again, I guess. So. Uh, uh, whatever, dude. That's yeah. just that's gonna fall on its ass. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure where that's gonna go, but I mean Nowhere. it has built in telemetry and all that and I'll be honest, um the XG eleven looks quite a lot like the DX eighteen. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like the front of it looks pretty similar. I'm not sure about the back. That aside, okay. Jr. has some new you transmitters. You know, you mentioned the the DX18, and I and I just a quick tangent from the news here, real quick. Uh, I actually in the past few days, uh, you know, I'm there's a new guy at our field, Ed, and he's an older. Yeah, guy. you've told me about him. Yeah, I yep. told you about Ed. I mentioned him, I think, last week. You know, he he's he's got the affliction uh, <laughs> in a bad way. I mean, well, in a in a good way, right? <laughs> it doesn't take long, does it? It doesn't. So you know we've been working on his 500, uh, and um, got the the you know the the AR 7200 on there, and um, got it flying good. Had a little mishap, I guess, last week. Uh, did some damage to a tail servo, and apparently we didn't find out till we thought we were ready to fly today. Uh, stripped some torque tube gears. So, but what I'm getting at with the radio is, for the first time today, I've held DX8s, but I got to play with a DX8 today. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, so you know, the grass is always greener, right? You're playing with a new radio, and you can always find things about it that are just way cooler than the current radio you own. Yep. But I got to tell you, the way that radio felt in my hands when I really got to mess with it, and I was really kind of disappointed that his heli wasn't flying because I was really looking forward to flying it. <laughs> um, I'm gonna fly your helicopter. Well, now. I, fl- you know, that's that's kind of the routine we have. I. I wrench on his helicopter and then I fly it a few times and then he tries to hover it. He's literally just starting, just starting. Yeah. So, you know, I got to mess with the menus and I just was, uh, man, I was just really liking that radio. Cause as you mentioned, you've got those small, you know, petite <laughs> hands, right? I have petite hands. I don't, I've got monstrous big hands and I, and that radio and my 9303 feels really good in my hands. I, I really like that radio. But those rubber grips on the back, right? Yeah. No, and, I do like those. They're nice. And um, I was impressed. And I was like thinking, oh, I got to get one. I got to get one of these. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I really, 
I'm really thinking I might end up with a DX8 here soon. I mean, there's no reason for me to. I mean, my 9303 is perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. What other news you got? Um, Urcha is now taking registrations. Oh, dude, I saw that. Yeah, I haven't signed up yet. I'm, I'm going so, to probably in the next week, though. I'm so torn, dude. I There's a, a well, you know, I've talked in the past about the gas issue. The price just to get there, it's going to be mm-hmm. astronomical, right? Yep. There's yep. another issue that has happened recently. On the way to Dieter's place, it's not that far of a drive, but it's over a couple big hills. Well, mountains. You guys have hills. Mountains. We have mountains. Hey, we have mountains, too. <laughs> not like us. No, but we still have mountains. Mm-hmm. We have the Catskills, and we have the Adirondacks. And yeah, and if you step high enough, you can just step right over them. Yeah, this yeah. is true. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as I was going up, and those of you who are familiar will uh, recognize this uh, place. It's called 4th of July. Well, we call it 4th of July, 4th of July Canyon. The, the, apparently over there, they call it 4th of July Pass. Got to the top of it. My check engine light came on. Oh, no. So I... I'm like, uh, I pull over at the, you know, the, the big trucks, they can, they got chain up spots. So I, I pull off into one of those and, um, you know, I did what it told me to do. I checked the engine. <laughs> so let's <laughs> so check it out. Here's me on the side of the road, engine open. And I'm like, all right, so what is it you want me to check? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm like staring at this, what looks to be, you know, they don't, motors used to look like motors. Now they look like nuclear power reactors. And I'm looking, yeah, it's, it's a motor. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's an engine right there. Everything looks fine to me. Uh, but apparently, so it, I got to get that looked at and I don't know, dude, the, the truck is getting a little tired. It's 98 and, um, hundred and I don't know, 30,000 miles. I, I'm just, Oh, that's nothing. Well, you know what? It's got a good engine. It's that Triton, V8 supposed to be a really good engine. I have I had one in a Lincoln Navigator with over 240,000 miles or something like that and it ran perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's but, probably a bad sensor. Or something. Well, that's the thing, but here's here's another consideration on top of that. I I'm a little nervous now because think of this. Uh I'm in bum who knows where, I don't know, Iowa or wherever. Dude, I'm going <laughs> to I'd have to take up residence in my trailer. You know what yeah. I mean? I'd be out there in the middle and something, I don't know. I, so I don't know. It's kind of looking like I might have to, uh, not, I don't know. I don't want to say I don't want to, I'm not going to go, but God, I just I just don't know, man. I don't know. No. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I mean, I was really looking forward to it, but in lieu of Urcha, uh, there is the Snow Homish, I guess they call it the Brooks Funfly over here in Washington. So it's like it's like two weeks or so before Urcha. It's another big fun fly. I might go to that instead. I I don't know, but you gonna fly me out? Um, no, I'm gonna. <laughs> you're gonna walk out. You better start now. Uh, at least let me ride my bike. Tell you what, no, 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 no. I you you should do. A, we could do like a fundraiser for a charity. Uh, Jake's drive <laughs> across the country in a lawnmower. And a lot more. Yep. Yeah, you could make little little um, on the hood. You could put like Velcro straps and shit, and like strap your helicopter to the hood. Yep. I actually I could use you know, uh, no, I'll get the, the the radio flyer wagon out, and I will use the <laughs> helicopter to pull me. 
There you go. That would be awesome. No, I, um, you know, there's, that's the thing about, that's the trade-off that I pay for living in God's country here in Montana. You know, we're just far away from anything. Everything. (laughs) So, you know, there's no fun flies that are just right around the corner. Everything's at a minimum 200 miles. Yeah, that, that does kind of suck. And even, even, even so, even, for example, Helipros, that's 400 miles, and that's still in Montana, right? So that, and I'm definitely uh-huh. going to that one, by the way. Well, that'll be fun. Absolutely. So, hey, uh, I guess that's about it for news. We don't really have much for news today, do we? Nah. Nah. If you want heli news, just go find some. <laughs> just go find some. <laughs> um, so, hey. You are slacking. Slack I am slacking, and you know, here's the deal, and a little, little uh, behind-the-scenes stuff here. Uh, for you guys, we um, two things that I didn't do this week that I, that that I actually tried to initiate that we as a team here at RCHN do. Uh, the first being a, a weekly production meeting on Wednesdays. Forgot all about it. And uh, <laughs> did you, did you notice that? I actually, uh-huh. Rob actually sent me a message like, uh, "Dude, are you around?" And where was I? I think Wednesday I was at the flying field and. Till late, late. You're playing Star Wars. Uh, that that's maybe a possibility. Uh, and then on top of that, um, you know, we were talking about our news, and um, let's face it, we're not a news podcast, right? We're not. Nope. We're, nope. we're just a fun podcast about helicopters. But I did. I, I was thinking that maybe we should be a little more proactive with our news, and so I said to these guys, I said to Rob and Jake, I said, "So you guys have now we, not you guys, we have homework assignments." And they're like, oh. Uh-huh. I said, the assignment is, each of us is supposed to show up with two <laughs> news articles. <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, do that this uh, week. I did. Yeah. Jake's a good boy. He, do I get a cookie? You do. I'll send one in the mail. Excellent. Yeah. Speaking of which, I actually have some stuff to send you, man. I found the, the rest of that strap. <laughs> <laughs> I was what, wondering about that. What I'm talking about, guys, is uh, as you guys know, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, Brian uh, King, I believe, is it is King, I believe. And if it's not, sorry, dude, but I think it is. Backburner, uh, 1966, something like that, off Heli Freak. He does those uh, no neck transmitter straps, and I've talked about how for my situation, having to sit, it just it 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 doesn't quite work. So I was going to send it to Jake to have him. Uh, do a review and I, and uh, I have it. Jake's got like part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. can't I really do a review until I get the whole thing to him. So that's coming to you soon. Okay. I'm waiting. Dude, you know, cause you were there, but we just had a kick-ass interview with Dave yes. from progressive RC. Yeah. He's, he's a bright guy. I like that interview. Knows his shit. And you know what? He's just kind of got that. He's just laid back enough. Right where it's like he's not taking himself too seriously just having a good time and uh, it was just a great interview we learned about all things charging all things batteries a few myths that uh, he dispelled and in a good interview yes, so we're gonna excellent. go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and play that now and uh you need you guys should pay attention because there there's some good information in this interview it was a good interview hey guys dan here I want to tell you about the biggest and best RC heli shop on the planet. That's right, you guessed it, HeliPros. I've been using HeliPros since 2008, 
and they're always my first choice when it comes to ordering stuff online. Their customer service is top-notch, and they know your heli inside and out. So remember, when you need heli stuff, think helipros.com. Fly hard, HeliPros has the parts. Jake, guess who we have with us today? Who's that? You know that uh, that big-ass charging case that you got? Oh, yeah, I love that thing. We have the guy that built that case, David Gray from Progressive RC. Hey, Dave, what's going on? Hey, guys, happy to be here. Hey, Dave. So, hey, Jake, how you doing? <laughs> um, you know, we, we wanted to get Dave on because we, you know, there's always a, wh- one of the biggest issues that I guess I had is not really being an electric guy was um, I just struggled through trying to understand the various connectors. You got, what are they called, JXT, Hyperion, what are, there's a few others, isn't there as well? Sure, yeah, there's uh, three predominant uh, connectors out there that people use on batteries with uh, those being JST, XH, something like 98% of the batteries in the world use that one type, and then there's uh, Thunder Power and PolyQuest are the other two that are prevalent, and uh, Thunder Power being used obviously by Thunder Power. Uh, some other brands have picked it up from time to time, but uh, that's about the only one using it now, and then Hyperion using the PolyQuest type. One thing I noticed is um, I got some, I don't know if you've ever messed with uh, OptiPower packs from the UK. They're not really available in the States yet. Uh-huh. Uh, sure. and, and then what confused me was I've got some Volt packs, and um, I didn't know if they were, because I have a Hyperion charger, so I just figured that 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 was a Hyperion connector, balancing connector, but I, I get you know apparently the Hyperion and the JST, right? Is that what it is? I, I said JXT earlier, right? But it's JST. JST and then dash XH is the uh, name. Just to explain, kind of JST is just a manufacturer with the catalog of hundreds of thousands of connectors. Um, the little red connectors we use in other parts of the hobby are called JST, plainly. Okay. And then JSTXH is the catalog part for that little white balance connector that we're using here for uh, most of the batteries. So all your Chinese batteries, Hobby King stuff, and others will be using that most common type. Well, what really kind of threw me for a loop is I was trying – actually, uh, the other day, I got on your site, and I decided to order um, an iCharger. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what type of balancing connector I needed to get. So I started looking on the Internet, and I noticed – I learned that the Hyperion is essentially the same plug as the JST, right? Well, on it's the six cell, a different catalog and part connector. I mean, so uh, just to expand a little bit on on that all the history of it all, we didn't have balancing forever. When it started becoming um, clear that we needed to do that with these type of batteries, the first standard we came out with was just picking a connector that was commonly available. It has a 0.1 millimeter spacing, or I'm sorry, a 0.1 centimeter spacing there, and uh, it's a common computer type cable. That's the JSTXH, so everyone's using that. Uh, Thunder Power came along. They have their own batteries, their own chargers, so they created a new standard. They use a Yonho catalog connector there, just a different manufacturer. Uh, in doing so, it kind of locks you into the products, which only work together. Um, and of course, Hyperion kind of does the same thing, having their own battery line and their own charger line. They use a different catalog connector there that has a little clip on it, and they have a different wiring layout. So they're really not completely compatible with JSTXH. Yeah. In some configurations, they can be made that way or mm-hmm. used interchangeably, but generally speaking, they're not. 
Yeah, what I learned was uh, it just so happens that the Hyperion balancing connector fits for a six cell into the mm -hmm. JST connector. Right, right. Same spacing. If you remove the clip, it works pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we mentioned that when I was talking to you on the phone the other day, we were talking about Chris's site, right? Very, uh -huh, yeah. Very knowledgeable guy. Very. I mean, his. we've referenced Good his guy, site. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I send a lot of people that way. Too. Yeah. He's a great reference and source for information. We, I actually found all this information on his site. And so he taught me. So, you know, you guys out there that are wondering about this, if you want to learn more specifically about the wiring diagrams of these various connectors and how to create an adapter, a balance adapter, or change the, adapt, the balancing connector that comes with your battery to fit, he actually goes through all of that. Yep, the easiest, simplest source of uh, information there to kind of get your connectors and stuff and, and charging principles straight. T-J-I-N Tech. Uh, just search for that and you'll find his site there on the internet. Yeah, what a, what a great site. And, you know, of course, I've talked about his site because I've built a few of his uh, those uh, HP server power supplies and, of course, invaluable reference there as well. So I, I kind of, you know, you know, the balancing connectors, I... It, you know, it's it can be confusing for a new guy, but it really it just takes five minutes of research to kind of get get your sure. head wrapped around it. It's not it's not rocket science, but it's gotten pretty simple these days. Just to approach it by saying you're using JSTXH balance connectors, yeah. unless you have a Thunder Power battery which has that type, or Hyperion which has their own PolyQuest type. Yeah, and then of course you can swap. What I'm going to do with my uh, Hyperion because I do have some Hyperion batteries. I'm just going to switch those those. Uh, leads those those right. wires into fit into the JST. So that's what I'm going to do right. for that. Should be pretty pretty easy to do. So let's uh let's talk a little bit about Jake's case. Jake Jake is yeah. proud of his case. I like my case. <laughs> Jake, what did we set you up with there? Um it was the iCharger um with the the total solution or whatever it is. I forget what you guys call it on the site there. Um, I think that's the hardline solution. Uh, yeah, the hardline solution. That's option, it. option on that, or the two? Um, there was the 306B with the right. um, the thousand watt power supply. Right. Yeah, Jake. Jake went all out on his, and, and he got it. He he got the bright yellow one, so he doesn't lose it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's. Uh, you know, you you offer a custom. I mean, you go through your webpage, and you can. There's drop down menus too to uh, kind of tell you what it is you're looking for in a charger. Do you find... Sure, yeah, we've got a range of different cases and, and different uh, charger setups to go in on these days. Jake got near the top of the line. We do have another option out with kind of a, twice the power, two chargers in there and a 2,000-watt supply for uh, even more extreme setups there if you want to dim the lights in your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> so w what do you find is the most common option people are picking? Uh, in our case setups, it, it's Probably the one one Jake got set up with there, the uh, hardline solution, we call it. That's a 1,000-watt um, charger and power supply setup. Basically, you know, you can crank out 30 amps for 6S batteries. It's nice, compact, portable. Yeah, what, and what kind, What are those cases you guys are using for those who are might be interested in looking into that? Because they're like waterproof. They're molded here in the U.S., so they're made to our specs and everything. We do uh, all the assembly and uh, lining and everything there in-house and... Um, so we, we uh, basically they're a custom-made uh, case here for us. And, uh, okay, so they're not like, you know, some of these guys point you to, I can't think of the name, but there's a case that 
I thought actually was the case you guys use, but apparently it's not. And the name escapes me at the moment, but I've went to their webpage to look and, uh, you know, they had too many damn cases to look through to figure out. <laughs> didn't. Sure, it's comparable to like a Pelican case or something like that, just a little bit more economical, uh, you know, about half the price of one of those options, plus it has like the linings and things in there so you can easily install and, and do your mounting. And the, the best part is they're, they're custom designed for all the chargers and power supply sizes, uh, so, it, you know, it fits and it just works. Yeah, and so... You've got the power. You put the power supply on the bottom, and then you guys put some kind of decking in there. Is there an option as as to what kind of decking you can put in there? Is it like? Sure. Uh, yeah, we're up here in uh, the northwest Seattle. We've got some local mills and stuff that uh, do some some different material deck platforms for us. They've got you know datums and, and recesses in them so that they accommodate products and fit tightly in there. And just kind of set in and, and uh, are custom fit for the cases there. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about uh, parallel charging. That seems to be a very popular thing these days. People are really pumping out. I mean, they're getting these these massive power supplies and charging their you know their six S five thousand milliamp packs in no time at all. Yeah, once you go that way, I hear more and more people will never go back and wish that they had a long time ago. It's just uh, simple, safe, effective. Um, it, it's really taken off, like you said. What uh, what are the main concerns? What what should what should you watch out for when you start this parallel charging project? Sure, uh, and definitely check it out. We've got a couple of videos for the the setups there as well. The two basic things for parallel charging are just make sure that when you're connecting batteries in parallel, they are of the same cell count. So only use all two S together or all five S together, and don't mix and match that sort of thing. And then the uh, second concern is that they're near the same state of charge. Uh, basically, you don't want to take empty and full batteries and connect them together as it subjects the low-voltage battery to a higher rate of charge than you'd like to. So you want to make sure that they're all used for similar periods of time before connecting them in parallel, or if you're uncertain, check the voltage with uh, some voltage tester or voltmeter or something. And somewhere around 0.3 volts off per cell or so is fine, but... Generally speaking, just make sure that they're all used before charging in parallel. I, you may or may not be, I don't know if you spend a lot of time on HeliFreak, but there's a user on HeliFreak who we had on the show a while back who's pretty well known for his, uh, you know, he does the parallel charging thing. His name is Slicer. You may or may not be aware of him, but he was on and, and we, uh, we talked with him a little bit about that. And my concern, one of my, I had two main questions for him and you just kind of touched on one making sure that the batteries are, are relatively at the same voltage. Now, I was, I'm was i under the impression, and maybe you can expound on this a little bit, if you're unsure and when you hook these batteries up to the balancer, if you're unsure and you, know, you maybe don't have a way to check the volts uh, conveniently, if you set it on that balancer, or if you set those on the parallel balancer, and if you let them sit for a little bit, they'll even out the voltage, won't they? So the concern in charging in parallel if they're different voltage is really in the initial connection in a few seconds. Oh, okay. Um, when you're connecting batteries in parallel, you'll do so by connecting the main connector first so that the initial charge current is taken through the larger wires to settle out that overall voltage to be a similar voltage, and then the balance leads second. Um, it won't blow up or anything if you take a full and empty battery, but as I said, it'll subject the low-voltage battery to a higher charge rate than you typically want to. The higher-voltage battery discharging at that rate is typically not a as, a as a major of concern. 
Uh, but it's just not good, not recommended. It will burn traces on parallel charge boards. It can, you know, it can cause surges of current that can then damage the connectors and things of that nature. Okay. Uh, if you don't know the voltage of the battery and you're uncertain if it's full or empty, check it first. Uh, okay. How you can do that is just plug it into the charger one at a time and, and start a charger and check it if it has a monitor voltage on the uh, charger there before you start connecting them up by connecting one at a time. So let me run you through, because I'm new to the whole, I, I'm when I get the eye charger from you and the, uh, the, I bought the, the the you know the balance or the charging leads and the um, uh, and the, connect, the balance connectors. I'm new to this, so l tell me where I'm going wrong here now. Just for the sake of clarification, so I get these batteries and I'm uh, so I plug in, I, I plug in the lead obviously to the charger and I plug in the the charging leads. Now when I go to sit, you're telling me there's a specific order in which to char to plug in the balancing leads. Uh, not at all. Uh, all. All I was saying is that you'll plug in the main connectors, do all of your main connectors first in parallel, and then go and connect all of your balance leads from the battery to the board in parallel. So help me understand, what is the what, when you say main connectors, what are we talking about? Sure. Yeah, there's two connectors on every battery. Uh, that is, every multi-cell LiPo battery has two connectors on it. One is the larger main connector. That's the one that flies your helicopter okay. or, or drives your model. And then the other one would be the smaller balance connector, typically a white, uh, you know, multi-pin connector there. Okay. So when you go to connect these things for charge and connect up that main bigger connector there, all those guys first to kind of even out the voltage through the larger gauge wires, and then go back and connect the smaller uh, balance leads to get all those guys connected in parallel. Okay, that is that makes great sense. You know, there we have uh, occasionally we get emails from listeners that are that are just you know. Um, I don't want to, maybe a bit fearful. Well, first of all, I'm not an electric guy. Uh, I just recently got, last year, I got an X5. I've never really cared for lipos. Uh, I've never really, I've always considered them just suspect, much like Jake is suspect. <laughs> <laughs> so a ticking time bomb approach there, right? Exactly. And so I've, I've come to realize that, first of all, if you're going to go electric, you've got to be dedicated or you've got to be determined that you're going to take care of the lipos because they require that to be safe. Or not. Yes. Some people abuse abuse them and then and then have problems and eventually learn through the school of hard knocks. I mean, I can say that after, you know, seven, eight years of dealing with lipos, I've never had one go off unexpectedly. Well, that's good. That is only, uh, and, and that's <laughs> tens of thousands of batteries and testing and, uh, abuse of all sorts forms of nature only when doing things where it was expected have i had issues with lipos and, and that's due to extreme testing or conditions there yeah and see that was just uh that was such oh that was my biggest concern with you know because gathering all of a sudden you know I'm a, I'm a nitro guy i had a few lipos for flight packs and now it just feels like i've got lipos every goddamn place i mean they're just laying i mean I walk into my little heli trailer and it's, uh, you know, I just got lipo here, lipo there. And the thing of it is, is uh, there's a fear, I guess, um, and it's essentially from not completely understanding or knowing exactly what's going on. And I think more and more people are going into that parallel charging aspect and, uh, you know, take a, take a little time to kind of kind of learn it. And I guess, you know, once you once you understand it, I guess it's not nearly as scary definitely it's a steep learning curve uh the way i always explain the parallel charging best is think of it as glasses of water of different levels or something there 
when you connect those cables in parallel, it, it's kind of like having a hose. It's a glass of uh, water at the bottom there that kind of evens them all out. Um, and, and as they charge, they just all kind of fill up at the same level that way. But before you connect them, you want them to all have the same near level of water so that you don't get a rush of water there at the beginning. Right. That, that, that makes perfectly great sense. And that's something I've never we've never really talked about before. And here's another question. I, I pretty much, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm sure there's a listener out there going, ask him this, ask him this. And the, the question is, let's say I've got, for example, I, I'm going to get a, a parallel setup because I've got five flight packs for my nitros. So I'm going to, it's a, they're two S batteries, but they're not all the same milliamp. I've got a 22, I've got a 25 and I've got a couple three thousands. I can go ahead and parallel charge these. They're both, they're all two cell. I can charge these even though parallel together, even though they're not of the same milliamp, correct? No issues there. As long as they're the same cell count, it can be any capacity, any milliampere hour battery. You can connect a uh, 500 milliampere hour and a 5,000 milliampere hour together in parallel as long as there's the same 3S or, or whatever the configuration is. And because of that same principle of water with the hose at the bottom, regardless of the size of, of the battery's capacity, as long as it's the same cell count, they'll fill and charge and uh, end at the same uh, time there. And another misconception I had, which was cleared up by Slicer when we had him on, um, and we'll just cover that real fast, is I was—I don't know why I thought this, but I just assumed parallel charging meant even counts of batteries, but it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean two or four or six. It can be two or three or five. I must say I have not heard that one before, and I hear a lot of things, but no, I haven't got the even <laughs> cell count parallel. Um, is series always in threes? I I don't know, but uh, no, it can be in any count configuration. In fact, the parallel cables and parallel boards, that's a question we get often is, you know, if it's a six by cable, can I, do I have to only do six or can I just do one? Sure, you can charge a single battery on those two, three, four, five, or six, no issues. Okay. You know, there's there you know, the thing about uh, electricity in general, and it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily for me anyway, it's not necessarily just these. It's like any, I mean... I don't even like to mess with the plug-in for the lamp. You know what I mean? It's, I plug it in. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, it's amazing. I, I saw a child the other day, a, a cousin's kid, and, and uh, he was afraid to get anywhere near low voltage DC. He wouldn't touch things, you know. And I mean, it was the same voltage as a double A battery. It had something regulated to, but they're afraid of electricity. I guess uh, it's something that you're taught at a young age. Well, let me um, let me just give you a, a quick story on why I'm so afraid of electricity. I, <laughs> I uh, no, no, no. It's actually a little more scarier than that. My my granddad, my granddad was, uh, uh, he built, he wasn't necessarily a house builder, but he built several houses in his lifetime. And the last house he built, I was maybe eight years old. I was helping him and I was helping him wire the upstairs. So he has these wires running down into the big, con, you know, junction box, whatever they call those big gray things, right? And um, the power's still on. And he says, grab that wire. And I said, but Grandpa, can we at least turn the power off? Just grab that how goddamn old, wire. How old, how old were you here? I was eight. Oh, man. And he said, just grab that goddamn wire. And so I'm reaching into this this, this cacophony of wires thinking this is it. You know, eight years old. It's been a good run. <laughs> but here we go. So, yeah, I just, electricity. I just, I don't, uh, don't really care for it. Well, did you get bit? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. But you know what? One time I was plugging in an electrical cord when I was doing back, you know, we used to have the, the electric uh, weed eaters. I don't know if you ever, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was plugging that son of a bitch in and somehow, 
<laughs> I got zapped. I don't know. I must have had my finger across the prong. I don't know, but I got zapped from that. Yeah, electricity. I, and I don't saw get a guy on the side of the street the other day have a fun ride with the, uh, one of those uh, electric hedge trimmers, the one with the jaws that go back and forth. I just happened to be driving by and stop at a stoplight long enough to catch him. <laughs> get into a fight with the extension cord and that thing, and it was putting off a pretty good spark shower. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could, you just, I don't know, man. And then That it, just seems like a bad idea, cord on one of those things. It does. One wrong turn, man, and, and you're yeah. fried. That's uh, electricity. Just not my thing, man. Dave, do you fly, are you, you're a flyer of helicopters, I'm assuming, right? I am, yeah, yeah. I've got a whole range of uh, helicopters. What's your favorite? Uh, you know... Currently, probably just the Protos, the 500. Yeah. Do you have a hard time getting your hands on chargers? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think I own every charger made. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got several helicopters. Do you ever you, do you go to any big events? Are you going to go to Snohomish since you're right there? Sure. I think I, I've hit Snohomish just about every year. Uh, we'll get out there too again this year. This will be our third or fourth year out there. Yeah, I actually... Uh, plan on being there myself. Awesome. Well, thinking about it, uh, the price of gas is kind of make me think that maybe Urcha isn't in my future. <laughs> but uh, cheaper it, to ride an airplane than drive. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just can't. I can't quite do that. I have to. It's a long story, but I just I can't fly. <laughs> so it, you know, there's they got people waiting there with guns for me. So. Yeah, they don't let you on anymore. <laughs> Somehow I made it on the no-fly list, too, but uh, that was a long time ago and a whole other story. Oh, hey, you know what? Let, uh, let me just share with you another funny little <laughs> quick story that's got to do. And this is long before 9-11, and, and, uh, and if it, it's a good thing because my buddy would probably still be in a federal pr- pr- uh, prison. He, he, his new wife, he lives here in, just north of me here in Montana, her family was flying in. To, uh, and it was back in the day when you could actually go past the security and, and you know. Sure, sure. So he's. Wave people off. Sure. And he's, uh, you know, here in Montana, a lot of guys are loggers. He's a logger, steel-toed boots. And so he's keeps he keeps getting beeped and he can't, he forgets all about his steel-toed boots. And so about after the fourth time of getting through the gate, he looks at his wife and says, man, it's getting harder and harder to sneak a bomb in here. <laughs> yeah, he did jail time for that. Guys, oh, that, man. They don't like those jokes there. No, no. He, uh, they, they stuffed and cuffed him. He, they tackled his ass, took him back in a room, and uh, had to go see a judge. And I think he spent seven days in the uh, county jail for that. So, for making a joke. Yeah, if you do that nowadays, uh, you're spending more than seven days in the county jail. I think. Yeah, probably. So uh, back to the charging stuff. Kind of got off on a little tangent yeah. there. Yeah, back to charging. What? Um, I, I would imagine. And I know you do because one of my buddies called you <laughs> the other day to buy a charger. And he's a new guy, just starting in the hobby. And I would imagine that uh, you get a ton of, of questions that are just sometimes off the wall, sometimes. But I would imagine there's a couple questions, and you kind of covered one of them, that you just get all the time. All the time. And now's your chance yeah. to, to tell a few thousand people the <laughs> answer to that question. The, the FAQs here on RC Helene. There we go, yeah. Uh, the, the parallel chargeable one I almost mentioned on there that we get a lot that's a fun one is, um, can I plug into any of these connectors on here, or do I have to match one of the main connectors to a balance connector? The people that have gone a year trying to match it all one up to the other, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you can connect those wherever you want on there. 
Oh yeah, that... we'll, we'll lay that to bed right there. <laughs> that one said mix that. and match. So, do, do you get into the? Uh, you've obviously, like you said, you tested a ton of different batteries, and um, I don't know if you've got an opinion, or even if you want to get into talking about the quality of various batteries, and also the C rating claims that some battery manufacturers make. Oh boy, that's a contentious issue. It is. And um, certainly, I don't mind stepping in, in those in those places though, and kind of um, shedding some light on on where that's been and, and what it means now. But uh, I got first of all, before um, you start, Dave, I do have one question. Yeah. What what does the C in C rating stand for? <laughs> uh, it really means capacity. Right? It has to do with capacity, and so the C is a, a unit of. of um, charge rate for capacity relative so it's only meaningful in, in this battery community where does it come from um cars so my background also includes testing for automotive uh, motorcycle manufacturers uh, dozens of car manufacturers um anything from you know 100 ampere hour cells up to, to larger things there so we're talking like 300 plus ampere hour continuous tests and things um, the, you know, smaller stuff that we're dealing with has higher C discharge rates. You can build batteries in any sort of discharge configuration you need, but clearly we're more marketed towards that. Um, marketing, that's where it's really gone. So in some communities, it still means a lot of things, but in the hobby here, it's kind of taken on a life of its own as a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. uh, there's really not any batteries I've ever tested that are 50 C rated. Uh, or any higher period um, that are in our hobby community. Certainly there are some out there for certain extreme applications, A123s and such, but um, not for hobby use. Um, uh, what does that mean? Basically, when they got to about 25C or 30C, uh, there was still meaning behind the C rating. Um, well, let's talk about that. So uh, a C rating, is, it, it, well, a C rate is one thing, and then a C rating is another. So a C rate really means how long it takes to charge that battery in an hour. So if you have a battery that's one ampere hour, that means it holds, you know, one ampere hour of water, let's say, but it's energy, right? One ampere hour of electricity, but let's call it water. That means if you pump one amp at that battery for an hour, it'll be full if it started empty. Okay. So if you want to charge that thing at 5C, that'd be five times that capacity of one ampere. That'd be five amps. And fill it in a fifth of the time, so that's a fifth of an hour, 12 minutes. If you charge at half an amp instead of one amp, it'd take twice as long, clearly. Well, on the discharge side, people are really interested with how fast you can discharge it. And there were some rules made up initially by a consortium of, of battery testers for this hobby. They said, okay, let's not let it get over a certain temperature. Let's not let it drop below a certain voltage. Um, let's test it after it's settled for an hour after filling it to this voltage for so long. These rules and stuff are made up. And uh, everybody agreed to it and said, okay, we'll define a C rating as that. And if it meets those things, we'll test at increasing rates until it doesn't meet one of those conditions, and we'll deem that the maximum C rating. And it was all good and well, and it worked for a little while until suddenly somebody stopped. Uh, I don't know who it was, <laughs> but it was years ago. And as of then, not a single manufacturer I'm aware of actually conducts these tests on their own. 
due to time, energy, whatever it may be. They do some limited testing. Um, the retailers don't do any of their own testing, and they just use it as marketing. So C ratings, as you release new lines of batteries, had to be a higher number. So it marched on from 30 to 35 to now we have 60, 65 C-rated batteries. A 60 C-rated battery means that you can discharge that battery in one minute. And believe me, I've gotten lots of samples and tried it. Uh, none have survived a single cycle. Yeah. What do we as consumers, I mean, I'm, you know, I've actually talked to uh, uh, Andy Hinton. He's, uh, he owns OptiPower and he has an issue with this whole C-rating thing as well. And, um, and he, also is under he also says the same thing it, it's a, just a bunch of marketing it was a good idea and it had uh you know it had the right idea in all the right places and stuff initially and it, it had meaning and certainly we, we conducted testing on all of our batteries as if we were trying to meet c ratings so if you look at our 30 c rated batteries they can be discharged in two minutes they won't exceed 140 degrees fahrenheit or drop below 3.3 volts per cell in conditions like that while supplying over 80 percent of their capacity and so forth but uh, other manufacturers it's more of just marketing if they had a 45 c battery they released a new 55 c battery they received from their suppliers mm -hmm. the 45 c may be better but but they've stamped it with the 55 c just to sell more new batteries how uh, the the first question that comes to my mind is how are they getting away with this how 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 come the public isn't why are we that's a good question or one i certainly initially wondered as well where's the police where's the regulatory <laughs> body for such a thing it doesn't exist certainly you can get um beat up on a forum by a couple of you know uh, individuals who go out and actually test something and share this data but then they're called out as suspect uh, certainly, if another vendor does, that's certainly not reputable. Right, right. And then, uh, and finally, you know, if you stick a big number on there, ninety-five percent of the people are not on forums; they're out there just buying the thing with the highest number at the hobby shop. Yeah, that's true. It's 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 not good. So so it's understood we could sell a whole lot more batteries if we just put a bigger C rating number on them. Right. Right. <laughs> which is something we've often been asked to do as our batteries compare favorably to a, a 50 C rated and it's 30 C rated. Why don't you put this on there? Well, you can't discharge them at that. And we don't, we don't warranty that we don't support that and nor will the battery. So that's right. the approach we take is to be real and realistic with all of that. Yeah, it, it is marketing. And, um, I, you know, one other issue that I have with marketing in the hobby itself, and it's not necessarily has anything to do with batteries, but, you know, we've been led to believe that if you don't have $180 servos on your helicopter, you're not, you're not going to be able to fly. You know what I mean? It's just not going to work right for you. And it's kind sure, of... Sure, I was listening to your, your uh, podcast from last week or there, I guess, and uh, I heard you guys mention Hyperion servos, and I've got some of those on my compass and, and other things here too. Certainly I looked... Uh, keep it uh real with the budgets yeah and they're great servos aren't they they absolutely are yeah i mean they're they're awesome and they're very inexpensive you could buy three for the price of one of some of those high-end servos so <laughs> let's move into uh let's let's help help me understand ir now okay when i'm charging yeah, my that, battery that i would like to know yeah when i'm charging my batteries <laughs> I scroll through my on my Hyperion charger. I scroll through there and I see that um, the internal resistance is at like 
you know, what, 15 ohms. What does that, what does that mean? Milli ohms, I believe is. Yeah, there, yeah, but, milli yeah. Ohms, yeah. Um, basically, um, you can think of a battery as a, as a uh, pure source of energy as well as a resistor. That is, it's, you know it's not a pure energy source and that when you try to pull out or energy out of it, it, it heats up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, resistance effect is what's causing the heat in there. It's an energy lost. Um, the harder you try to pull energy out, the, the more you'll lose is heat in the process. So we're pretty concerned with this resistance. In fact, it's really what C ratings are trying to get at is how much resistance is the battery, how much you know energy can you supply uh, at a high rate. Um, so there's devices that, that test this now, uh, some more accurately than others. The big problem with internal resistance is twofold, probably, let's say. Uh, one is it's not really comparable between different devices. Uh, there's, there's many ways of testing for internal resistance using different loads or AC versus DC methods, either on the charge or discharge side. And then finally, uh, it, it's very dependent on temperature. Temperature is pretty easy to isolate for, but it is uh, highly influent on the um, results. So if you test a battery at 50 degrees versus 70 degrees, it could have twice the resistance. Now, is it fair to say that as you're watching the the uh, milliohms increase, that your battery is wearing out? Is that, is that what's happening? Right. So how it can be used best is by measuring it on the same device um, to test between either different batteries at a given time or for a given battery over time. So if you test a battery today and you notice that all the cells are at 5 milliohms and then a month later, all of them are at six, except for one's jumped to ten. It could be an indication that you know one of the cells is going south on you. So let's say, uh, for example, I've got some old, um, like Flight Max batteries that I've had for three years. Uh huh. There and, and now the the problem I have with my Hyperion charger is it doesn't it doesn't tell me what each individual cell is doing. It just gives me a total, and so. Whether I'm mis- it's mistaken, it's a mistake on my part by just assuming that I should divide that by six, or obviously I don't. It's definitely, I don't... yes, a lot less useful. Let me state that right off the bat. To 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 just have a total number as opposed to the like say the eye charger that actually help. lets you see what right. he's. So, so the reason there is really if you just know the overall pack resistance, then you can compare between packs. Um, but what's that number tell you? Just which pack's better than the other. Right. And in the end, that doesn't matter so much as can you fly with it? Does it give you the performance you need? And that's much more important at the end of the day than this number you got out of the charger. Uh, where the internal resistance is, is much more meaningful at times or helpful is, is if you're diagnosing a battery or you're noticing a drop in conditions, you can look and see if maybe one of the cells is going bad or, or multiple and compare it that way. Uh, which is a good point to bring up that whether it's in a, a Tesla Roadster or a, uh, a 700 Heli on a 12-cell battery, uh, the Tesla having like 460 cells, uh, you've got one cell that fails inevitably that brings the whole rest of the pack down. So that's what you're generally looking for. So it's better to, obviously, better to, to be able to check each individual cell now. What, let's say I am getting well for for my example because I with the charger I have now if there's a way to do it I, I don't know of it and that I don't believe there is on those but yeah that's the good point to bring is that you're looking for really that one outlier and trying to catch it 
before you have something significant happen that okay. takes down, you know, your helicopter. Right. And by having that individual cell information, it's a whole lot easier to troubleshoot. You know, if they're all at 6-6 six, six and one's at 7 or something, that's not a big deal as if one cell's at double or something there. And that can be an indication that as soon as you go to put a whole a load on it, the whole battery's going to drop out on you because that one cell is not holding its end. Give me an idea um, of what could happen. I mean, um, am I going to see a, a, a lipo go up, or is it just... Well, you know, I mean, a good example is, uh, you know, I used to do some troubleshooting on electric motorcycles and scooters, and they had some pretty extreme applications for drag and bracing of them. You'd have a cell go reverse on you. Um, one cell's bad, and they're, they're trying to diagnose which cell in this multi-cell pack. Uh, the problem they run into is when they put extreme loads on it and as it drops, it's one cell reverse voltage actually and it will vent and it can cause its neighboring cells to go. Uh, they were using, you know, uh, lithium iron phosphate, so it's a little safer chemistry than we are, but definitely those are the problems you're trying to troubleshoot. Okay, so uh, once we realize that a pack is going to go bad, now let me let me run this scenario by, by you and see, see what your thoughts on this now from a safety perspective. So you take out you take it out in a field and you got a, a post with a nail in it and you and you just kind of spread the lead wires and you kind of hang it on that nail and you take about fifty paces <laughs> back and you pull out your you know whatever your thirty out six your thirty thirty yep. your twenty two and you pop it a few times is that is that a great way is that a good way to dispose of a lipo absolutely if you're in a good safe environment <laughs> to perform such a <laughs> I highly recommend it. Uh, a 30 out 6 will probably provide the most entertainment, uh, so I encourage that if you have that ammunition on hand. <laughs> I do, I do, and I, I will try that one of these days. But from a more, I, I certainly have. <laughs> so that's where I was saying I haven't uh, ever performed a uh, you know a lipo fire event under uh, unexpected uh, circumstances. So for those of our listeners that don't live in an area, or, you know, maybe don't have those kind, you know, here us here in the Northwest and Montana in the West, you know, we. We grow up around that kind of stuff. Let's say let's uh, let's give them a more reasonable way to dispose of a battery. What is the recommended? Right. There's disposal? a lot of good old myths there, and that's a good one too to to go over here. We've actually worked on some different discharge devices, but never brought anything to market. But basically, if a lipo is old, damaged, suspect, whatever. I mean, I've been in some crashes at the field where I don't want to put this thing in my pocket or take it in the car home. The best way to handle it is to use your charger or whatever it is to discharge that battery down to as close to zero voltage as you can. The lower the potential energy in that battery, uh, the less excitement there will be if anything does happen or it can actually completely um, eliminate any, any uh, hazards there. So you've done this. So uh, yeah. don't throw it in salt water. That's not the right answer. Really? Uh, okay. That's an old, old myth that's been propagated forever. Uh, there's a whole lot of reasons not to do that, and if you do your homework, it's not it's not the recommended procedure. Um, the right way will be to discharge that battery down to zero volts or as low potential energy as you can there, and then go ahead and dispose of it in the trash. It's landfill material at that point. That is that is excellent. I mean, because I mean, I don't know about you, Jake. How many times? Oh, yeah. I always th- heard the salt water thing. Yeah. Always heard that. Put it in a gallon yeah, of water it, with it's a. It's cu- certainly an urban legend type thing. Uh, the problem, since you guys are still on it, and then to just expand, explain on that is going to be um, you can have uh, two things happen. One is either corrosion of the tabs there, and I've seen this in, in real life uh, where it eliminates the tabs before uh, the voltage of the battery is drained away. So then you have no way to drain the battery any further. 
Uh, the other is sometimes you'll have leakage of the electrolyte through the tabbed area because of the saltwater intrusion at that point, which can cause all sorts of problems as well. Um, you can definitely drain a battery down eventually by using a saltwater bath method, but it's not recommended and it's not as safe or as effective as just using your charger to discharge that thing down. That is amazing how that has, because I, you know, to this day, I mean, literally till this minute, I, I always thought, and in fact have told many people when I've been asked, new guys at the field or, or even, you know, the blankers that are just finally starting to get into the lipos, the older guys. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, totally. <laughs> you have some calls to make, don't you? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> some apologies. Sorry, dude. Didn't mean that. You know. And it, it, it does work the best majority of the time. So I mean, you're not you're not gonna have to go degrees up or anything. Let these fly bars sit in the cold, damp corners of your garage to rust or be sent to the junkyard for melting away for plank parts. Every day, the number of fly barless units increases dramatically, leaving fly bars to squander away into obscurity. Not to mention the fly bar paddles. Carbon, plastic, and all of those KBDD paddles hoping to fly another day. It takes a little for you to become a special friend of the fly bar. For just 75 cents a day, you could save a fly bar somewhere across the nation. As a sponsor, you could exchange photos and letters from all the happy children currently flying their fly bar helis. So come on, pick up the phone. Call 1-800-SAVE-FLY-BAR. Thank you for your time and consideration. Save the fly bar now. So now that we've kind of gone through pretty much the whole aspect from charging to the various uh, internal resistance and all that stuff, let's talk a little bit about field equipment now. Um, you mentioned something that I don't have. I don't have a tester so I can test the cells of my batteries. That's obviously something everybody, if you're dealing with lipos, you should have. Uh, sure, a voltmeter and a simple understanding of, you know, how to use a voltmeter would work there in that case. But if, if you don't have, you know, one of those even simple little uh, things to plug into the balance leads can do the job there. I will state that we see a lot of inaccuracy and issues with uh, those voltmeters and little cell readers being uh, just very crude and, and inaccurate. Well, let me run another little amusing story by you. <laughs> so <laughs> I, ha tonight, Dan. I have... I tried that. I tried the voltmeter thing, and and I, um, so I'm I'm holding one of the testing prongs right with one hand with with like my thumb and forefinger, and I'm trying to hold the the deans in the other, and um, so then I go to, to put the other prong in the other side, and then I kind of look over to the tester to see what's going on, and and in the corner of my eye, I just see this humongous spark, and I kind of just drop everything right, and I look at one of my testers, and it's like the whole metal part. All the way up to the plastic is like gone. I didn't get burnt. I don't know how. <laughs> Electric burns hurt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that 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 can happen. You definitely need three hands for for working that instrument and setup, uh, or else 
get a Chargely made for your tester and make something there. You use a standard banana plug. Sure. In fact, the Chargely that you use on your charger to charge that battery would plug into your multimeter and, and plug right up to your battery and do that same test a little safer. Wow, that simple. I didn't even consider that. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's why I break. I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. Uh, it's not even a week ago that I was testing a, a small MCPX battery with those two little you know, probes <laughs> stuck yeah. in on the little white connector, and suddenly the whole thing melted. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm guilty from time to time of taking those shortcuts and, and, and relearning the same lesson. So uh, you may or may not want to comment on this, and this is strictly your opinion. And, and um, I want to get your opinion since you obviously mess around with a lot of batteries. Is there, you know, a lot of guys are buying, say, the Zippies or the Flight Max or the Nanotechs from China, right? And then you have the options uh, here in the States of what some consider to be better brands. Is there a do you believe that those batteries that you can buy for $45 are worth it? Is that something a person should invest in? Or are, is there, are there issues with those batteries? Well, certainly there's a range of quality. And, and probably the first place to start there is what are we talking about as far as quality uh, in a battery? Really, we're looking at three properties. We're looking at capacity. Does it give you runtime capacity? That sort of thing. Um, the second is, does it have low internal resistance? Is it holding voltage under load and giving you the oomph, the power, the balls that you need to perform? Uh, and then finally, cycle life. Are, are you getting you know, the, your money's worth out of it? Is it going to work for a period of time for you? We can build a battery that does any one of those three things remarkably well. Um, you can get, you know, a really high-capacity battery that has a very low C rating and cycle life, where you can, you can make trade-offs there in all sorts of ways. Uh, and how that's done is through the composition of the cathode, the anode, the electrolyte, and, and then finally you're connecting terminals and things there. And I guess one final aspect could be how it's actually constructed, how it's wound or stacked as far as the cell construction in the in the pouch. Um, but, Really, we can make a 1,000C battery. It would be no problem. It would just be really heavy and have low capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, think of it as aluminum foil. You've got these copper and these foil layers in a battery. Mm-hmm. We've got to coat them with material, uh, lithium iron phosphate or lithium cobalt, an active material. If we coat it on there thin, it's easy to pull the material out of it, and we'll get a really high C rating. But when you wind it all up, all you end up with is, Oh, separator film and foil and, and, and that sort of thing, and you have no capacity or runtime in a high C rating battery that's really expensive to build. Um, or you could build that same battery by making really thick, um, let's say 35, maybe you know 50 micron thick lithium iron phosphate on that layer, and you'd have a higher capacity battery, but it, it's harder to pull through that layer. The interlocution through these layers of material take a, a longer time. There's more uh, heat and energy loss associated with that as well. So now you've got a battery that's more cost-effective to build because it's got more capacity, but it's got a lower C rating. So it's all a trade-off there between those different properties. And certainly there are shortcuts you can make in the uh, different materials that are um, applied to these different films and foils and separators and things. So all of these affect what we're concerned with here is do you get your money's worth? Uh, are you going to have high-capacity you know, high output and long cycle life. And the different manufacturers can make trade-offs in all of those different properties. And certainly they'll, 
they'll make shortcuts wherever they can. Mm -hmm. So of the dozen different factories, uh, you've got to find quality there, and um, they'll do bait and switches and make trade-offs in different departments there. So you're paying for quality. There's probably three out of those 12 that are high quality and nine that are much lower tier. And of those three high quality, they even make ranges there, and then they bin all their cells into different ranges from each production batch. So yeah, gives you an idea of how... How complicated that can so you just you actually just dispelled another myth that that I think I've seen perpetuated on the forums. They're all made in one factory anyway, so it doesn't matter who you buy the battery <laughs> from. No, there's really different factories. I mean, there's a couple in Taiwan, some in Korea, you know, and a dozen in China or so, and then maybe fifty that rebrand from that dozen factories. But there are different factories for certain, and there's new ones springing up every day, month, year. Yeah, that sounds really good. Well, Dave, you know what? We we've sure had a good time talking about batteries with you. Uh, we we uh, we've learned something, I believe, haven't we, Jake? A little bit. <laughs> that's very nice. <laughs> and I think that's I awesome. I learned something every day. That's for sure. It's it's a breaking hobby here and, and fun one to be involved in at this time. Yeah, you know, we wish you guys over there at Progressive RC uh, continued success. Obviously, you guys are the go-to people when it comes to your battery charging needs. I mean, there's just no question. We here at the Nation love Progressive RC. And awesome. We'll give us a shout 443 battery if you guys ever have questions or anything we can help with here. Dude, check out that Outrage N2 over there. Yeah, dude, it's sweet. I think that's Burt's, isn't it? Oh, it is? You know, I, I think I'm going to take it for a flight, man. I think I'm going to, I'm not even going to ask him. Yeah, hey, do it. He's not around. All right, here we go. Man, this thing flies nice, man. Nice, I like it. Shit, I think Bert's coming back. Dude, no, really? Yeah, that's him. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Right behind you. Come on, man. What's wrong with you? Dude, did you come here to sleep or you come here to fly the N2? Outrage N2, available at a hobby shop near you. So there it was, man. That was Dave. Uh, Progressive RC. I've got some exciting news. I don't know the details yet, um, but as you, li- as the listeners know, as the we love to do giveaways. Wait, 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 wait! Oh, I wanted to say it. Oh, go, go <laughs> ahead. I'll let you say it. We get to do a giveaway. There we go. We get to do a giveaway. Uh, and he he told me the he told me what it was, but uh, from memory, I don't want to say it and have it be wrong. But it, it's essentially he's going to do a case, right? There will be more details forthcoming, but it's a case. And um, yes. as we all know, they do fantastic custom cases there. And Jake's yes, got one. Yes, they do. Jake can attest to it firsthand. It's nice and bright, so you can't lose it in the field. That's right. <laughs> um, so what I meant by the details, guys, is um, you know he did tell us, but we're going to get it all in, in email so we have it all in front of us. And we'll get that going here probably in the next week. And um, good luck to whoever wins that. Don't know how we're going to do it. Um, probably some Facebook thing. I know you guys hate Facebook, but I got to tell you, it's just a great way to do giveaways. Sorry. It just mm-hmm. is. And as a side note, I'm going to win it. Uh, you're not eligible, dude. Sorry. Oh, man. Well, let's see. But your wife is, and if she wins it, she can send it to me. There you go. No, nah, she's not eligible either. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. No, no, no. Hold on a second. You told me something the other day. What's that? You told me you were getting something. Um, what? Or were you just fucking with me? Yeah, I was just lying to you. I'm not getting a goblin. 
you dick. <laughs> no, I, I you, so you guys are kind of caught up on what we're talking about here. Uh, <laughs> Jake's been on me about getting a goblin. D- don't get me wrong, I want one. So I decided I was just kind of in a, I don't know, a mess with Jake mood. And I now t- who's suspect? <laughs> now who's suspect? Uh-huh. You. So you. I, he's on, you know, Jake's on pretty much you can get a hold of Jake on Skype anytime during the day because, uh, you know, he sits behind a computer all day long and, and listens, to, by the end of the day, yeah. listens to porn, watches porn and shit. Hey, no, people aren't supposed to know I do that. <laughs> so I said to him, just messing with him, and I said, guess what I just ordered or something to that effect. And and uh, I think it was right after I ordered the eye, the uh, eye charger. And, yeah, uh, you told me you ordered the eye charger, and then you said you also ordered a goblin. Yeah, and Jake got all excited, like a little schoolgirl, you know. Ah! <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, really? <laughs> Did you really order a goblin? <laughs> For real? <laughs> oh, my God. Did you really? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, I uh, messed with Jake a little bit. I uh, I got to tell you, though, it, it almost was. For real, I was literally looking and hovering and thinking, uh, just buy it. Just buy the goddamn thing. Uh-huh. Do it. I just don't need another helicopter, Jake. I, I, as so, much so, so send me one of your nitro ones and replace it with a goblin. i tell you what. As I mentioned, I'll gladly send you the Raptor 30 for your goblin. No. No. Okay. Right. No. No. I'm keeping the goblin, and you're sending me a helicopter that is nitro. Why would I do that, Jake? To make room for you to buy a goblin. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Makes tons. I, I tell of you sense. what. I'll sell you the Raptor Thirty for eight hundred ninety-nine dollars. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try, right? Uh, no. Good I, try. I would honestly, though. I mean, just no kidding around. I really think that before the summer's out, I will own a goblin i i'm literally have never uh i've no i haven't even the you know I, the tdr that i had to pass on because of the money money i spent on the podcast stuff and uh the x7 you know i wanted those helicopters but i've never uh just like put so much thought into whether or not uh-huh. I should buy this helicopter, and the Goblin has now, been on my mind uh, just nonstop, especially since last weekend, just seeing it in person, watching it fly, mm-hmm. listening to it. Absolutely. And what, what actually did it for me is my grandfather always used to say, if you want something, wait a month. If you still want it, just go buy it. Does, a, does that include like Ferraris and Lamborghinis? If you can afford it, sure. <laughs> okay. That, I mean, that that's how he lived his life, and, you know, it, it, it's worked for me thus far. You know, that's not bad advice, but you got to be careful. See, and here's the deal. It's, it, you know, I, I, you know, I was kidding around with you a while back, and I said I was looking at my, you know, I had my checking account online. I was looking at it, and then I was like, you know, I've got the money. It's there. I mean, it's not like it's going to put me in the poorhouse, but the idea of... Um, I, I just, I remember, I, you know, people who are familiar with my history with helicopters understand that I have this horrible tendency to buy a bunch of helicopters and build them and, and then end up with a bunch of helicopters that aren't flying. 
Well, I'll tell you what. If you decide not to fly it, I know where it can live. That's not going to happen either. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll I mean. I'll send it back to you whenever you want it. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And to be honest, when it comes to the Goblin, I, I think that the uh, 770 is more my speed. You think so? I think so. I love big helicopters like that, man. I love them. I, I think the 770 is really cool, but I don't think the power systems are quite there yet to really be able to throw one around. I mean, yeah, you can throw them around pretty hard, but... But see, dude, that that's not an issue for me at my, my level. Yeah, it's not really an issue for me either, but I, I'm Captain Overkill, so... <laughs> Captain Overkill. <laughs> it's such a nice-looking helicopter, and it's so unique. And, and you know, we talked a little bit about the... God, we're just going on and on about Goblin here. My God, people are going to... Yeah. but. Let me, just, let me just say one more thing about Goblin, about that Goblin helicopter. I know we've talked about it a lot, but, and Jake and I talked about this, the visibility of that thing, right? With that big, thick tail boom. Yes. It's just astoundingly visible. I mean, it's, um, you know, and you don't, can't really appreciate that until you watch one fly in real life. I mean, you can watch them fly all day on video and it just doesn't, it, it just doesn't, you don't get the idea, right? Until you see it. In real life. Mm-hmm. For those of you mm-hmm. who've seen it in real life, understand that. They get that. So, anyway, enough yep. of the goblin. Goblin, goblin this, goblin that. Moving on. Not not much more, guys. I think we're about ready to wrap it up. Look How for... How bad's... You, wait. Whoa, no, oh. we're not wrapping up oh, nothing. Oh, just, just... Okay, man. What's no. up? What's up? No. <laughs> what, what's the damages on the Gowie? Oh, that's that's a good idea. We should talk... Yeah. Well, you know what? I got to tell you. Aside, I was actually pretty pleased with that crash, and a lot of you have seen the uh, the pictures. It was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. And um, Dieter and I both thought for a while that hey, that's that thing survived pretty well. I mean, obviously the boom and the you know, and we thought the frame was was fine until closer inspection. And actually, somebody pointed it out on Facebook, and that's what made me look closer because for the longest time I was thinking, yeah, the frames are fine, but there is a bit of frame that's gone that is vital to the existence of the frame. So the damage is probably a lot worse than I imagined, than I originally thought. I haven't really, I'm not motivated to take it apart and and figure out exactly. So what I'm going to do, I believe, is just get a bare bones re-kit. Then I'll have a bunch of spares, right? Because I'm not going to use everything in the re-kit. Right. So... But it's pretty, it's pretty bad, dude. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, it... Uh, yeah, that tail boom just looks awesome. You know what it looks like? Yeah. And watching the video, like, I had trouble seeing in the video what actually happened, but from watching it, it kind of looked like you did a tail slide and forgot to pull out. Well, <laughs> I forgot to pull out. That's what she said. <laughs> no, you know, I can't... Thinking back on it, I'm not exactly... I, all I know is I lost orientation. And... um all I remember is once I lost it, usually I, I've, I'm to the point now in my flying where I don't panic when I lose orientation. It's not that big of a deal, you know. Right. Um, but when I thought I recovered my orientation, I was in the wrong orientation in my head, right? Okay. I, th- I, thought, I thought that I was inverted, and I wasn't inverted. So right? you, you gave it negative pitch and shoved it into the ground? I gave it negative pitch thinking I was upright, thinking it would climb out. No, and when you look at the video, you can see that. You can see that it's just kind of fluttering a little bit, and then all of a sudden it just wham, right? It just like hauls ass to the ground. Uh-huh. And um, what I – I kind of gave up on it and knew it was going to go in 
um, and hit throttle hold, but that happened so quickly, as we all know, when you crash, it does, that I probably, once I saw it going down so quick, considering I was giving it uh, negative, I probably could have saved it had I not hit throttle hold. But I just knew it was going in, so I hit throttle hold and figured, you know, cut my losses, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and, you know, there's been a few comments. Well, dude, that thing was a 1,000 yards away from you. Yeah, it was. It was probably a lot further away than maybe I should have let the Gowie get because it is a smaller helicopter. But generally, I don't have issues with orientation out like that. This time I did. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. So how big was the hole? You know what we do? Right? It's funny we did. We actually, um, I think Dieter cut most of that out, but we actually spent a little time looking for the impact. Couldn't find it. Huh. Um, one thing I do remember uh, that I don't think the video does justice is when it hit the ground. There was just this spattering of parts and just shit flying everywhere. In the video, you might. I haven't. I've watched the video once. I didn't really. You know, I don't particularly care to relive <laughs> the moment. So I didn't like watch for it to see if you can see it in the video. I just, yeah, there it is, me crashing. Okay, yay. So yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure if you can really appreciate that in the video, but I got to tell you, that's the one, after it hit, that's the one thing I do remember is just, just literally seeing parts fly off in every direction. So Just a, a nice confetti of parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. And here's the kit. Here's, you know, we... Uh, it was the flight before that. It was uh, J- or Jake. It was uh, Dieter on his Goblin, and uh, he had a little issue. Um, a little, and yep. <laughs> put it in not not too hard. And um, so we're sitting around. Uh, you know, we bring it back. We're sitting around. He's fiddling with it. We're kind of just checking over the damage. And I said to him, "You know what? I'm gonna go crash. I mean, fly my my Gowie." <laughs> <laughs> So literally, it was two crashes back to back at the RC, the first annual RCHN Nation Migration. And let me tell you, that's for real, guys. We're honestly going to put together next year a fun flight. Now yeah, we're going to start small. We have, no, you know, it's not going to be a big thing, but we're going to find a place. We're going to promote it. We're going to get some T-shirts made. We're going to get try to get some sponsors, and we're going to put together a little fun fly. Nice. I need a sponsor just to get out there. No shit, right? <laughs> you don't need a sponsor, man. You need a mortgage for Christ's mortgage. sake. For the price, price of fuel, my God. No, we're still not done. Oh, you got get more, do you? Oh, we got more. We got more. It's, sorry, it's going to have to be like a four-hour episode. All right, all right. It is what right. it is. What, what do you got, man? What's up? Uh, last week, well, last Monday, I um, put out the Savix review also. Yeah. So people should check that out. The Savix? Savix. <laughs> so if they're looking for more information on the, the brushless Savix servos, that's out there. Um, I'm going to continue doing the review, though, and update. Yeah, keep going. So tell us, um, give us an impression. Give us your initial impression. You haven't got a ton of flights on them, but you've got a few. And, you know, you did some um, bench testing. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, I I have 20 flights on them right now, to be exact. Um, no, I like them. Uh, I think they're a little bit power hungry, um, but I haven't really seen any issues with that. But granted, I'm not doing like super hard smackdown or anything either. So, mm-hmm. but um, no, they they haven't really gained any slop or anything. They're still nice and smooth and precise even after crashing. So, 
So what else you got? What else you got, man? You keep telling me that we're not done yet. What else you got? Ah, uh, we're not done. I did some night flying. You, That's fun. Yeah. Is that yeah? Is that a new thing for you? Night flying? It is. It is. I've never done it before. I took um, a cheap, you know, band fold styrofoam plane and threw some lights wait, on wait, it. Wait, 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 to go wait, flat. wait, 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 wait. Yes, yes, yes. It's not a helicopter. I'll shut up. Man. <sighs> It doesn't count if it's not a helicopter. We don't care about Plank's night flying, man. You know, when your five-year-old son says, I want a night fly, I want a night fly, and he always asks to watch so the you night gotta, fly. So you got to play the kid you card. Gotta you yeah. got you to gotta play the kid card. Yep. That's low. Go um, ahead. You Let's see you tell him that he can't have a put night fly. Put him on. I'll tell him right now. I'll, I'll tell him the way it is, man. You wake him up. I'll, yeah, I'll, he's not home tonight. Huh. Mm-hmm. Likely story. <laughs> He's out partying. <laughs> he's out partying. He's out. He's out scoring, scoring a lid and some chicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that crazy kid! He's going He's growing up fast, man. Growing up fast. Yes, he is. So, are we done now? Oh, if you want to be. Oh, hey, if you got more, man, keep it coming. Um, yeah, I do have one more bit of news. Yeah. Yeah, you ready for why, this? Why didn't you tell us in the news section, man? Because I just thought of it. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Before I do, how suspect am I? Oh, no, not again. What? You're sending me a helicopter. I'm sending you a helicopter. Yeah, you are. And it's going to be nitro. Oh, come on now. (laughs) Hey, I got some news for you then. You're sending me a helicopter, and it's going to be a green goblin. Can it it be the paper canopy MCPX goblin? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. You have seen that, right? Yeah. It's got to be the big one with the 700 plus millimeter blades. 700 plus? I don't have 700s on mine. 690s will work, man. 690s will work. (laughs) I'm okay with 690s. (laughs) So, I have noticed uh, a couple things that flying season is upon us. And I've noticed that our form has slowed down. Have you noticed that since flying season started happening? I have. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I mean, that's great. I mean, I want you guys out there flying. I don't want you sitting at the computer typing into a forum. That's that's awesome. I know that for me personally, my time in front of the computer is just next to nail anymore. I mean, um, I, it is. It's Star Wars. You know what? Here's I've developed a schedule. Actually, I actually, <laughs> I've actually joined a rating guild, oh, and geez. so my Star Wars <laughs> time now consists of six to ten p.m. three nights a week, and that's it. Six to ten. Yep. So for, what, 12 hours a week you play Star Wars? Dude, that's good. Why don't you sim that much Dude, a week? Any of you, any of you listeners out there that play MMOs, you know, and Jake, you know because you've played them. 12 hours a week on an MMO, that's nothing. This is true, but you could still be simming. I make time for simming. In fact, I always make sure in the past, since I started doing this, now granted, I've only been at it a week, so next week I might come back and tell you that simming is just a bunch of shit, right? But I don't, <laughs> but here's the deal. I Before I log on to Star Wars, I always make sure that I do my sim first, at least a half an hour. I swear to God. They've got the E7 now in uh, the Synergy E7 in Real Flight. They just put it in. Nice. So I've been using that one. Yeah, I'm waiting for the goblin to show up in one of them. <sighs> Keep waiting. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen. 
So anyway, back to what we originally talked about, the, the forums. Uh, you know, you guys can get in touch with the touch with <laughs> you guys can get in touch with us there. Uh, show support forum hasn't been very active uh, as of the last few days, but that's a good thing because that means you guys are out there flying. Do it. And uh, you know, the Facebook page we're at like a thousand thirty-one likes. Thank you, thank you guys. It does mean a lot to us to to know that there are people out there who are enjoying what we're doing. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Also to the listeners' corner on Heli Freak. Also, been not been very active again great because that means you guys are out there flying that's perfect that's really about it jake if i want to get in touch with you could i throw a rock at you or something or what do i got to do um maybe can i just reach out and touch you jake (laughs) can i touch you there might be a little problem with that (laughs) (laughs) no um catch me on the site instant messenger i mean i i'm on there pretty much every day while I'm at work and I leave it open all day. So, I mean, if I'm working on a project, I might be slow, but I'll come back to it. So um, hit me up there or email me at uh, jake at rchelionation.com. Very good. If you guys want to get in touch with me, you can do that at dan at rchelionation.com. Dan K. Reed on most all the forums. Uh, We also do, just a quick mention uh, for you guys in the UK, I talked to Raptor Mark or Mark Driscoll, as you guys may know him over there. Uh, I'd like to just also mention uh, congrats to Heli Harry. He did pick up a Scorpion sponsorship as of late. And as you guys, those of you who have been listening to the show for a while, all know who Heli Harry is. We will be having um, some UK guys on the show soon to kind of get us caught up on what's happening over in the UK. Uh, got some big fun flies coming up. Apparently they had one here last week and uh, it was a good time had by all. Uh, nice. n- next week... Uh, we're going to be talking nitros finally, guys. Yay, nitros. So look forward to that. We had Phil come on from rchelicollective.com. Talk nitro. We talked smoke. <laughs> can, can, can you send me one so I know what I'm talking about? No, I can't. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, you're trying. Keep trying. Anyway, guys, uh, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week. See you next Monday. Good evening.